We talking about practice. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking About Practice, the pod. Yours truly, Drew. I got my partner in crime, co-creator of the show with me, Derek Isamaki. Yo, what's good, party people? What is good, my dude? Oh, dude, it's um, been actually kind of nice. I've had the last couple of days off. Oh, uh, well, I should off from my late night job, yes. so I don't have to. That which is nice, actually. That's uh, makes the evenings a lot better. I feel like I just I get to bed earlier, so I just feel like a lot more refreshed and whatnot. Yeah. So it's nice to go to bed at like ten a.m. ten. Wow, well, ten a.m. 10 10, yeah, well, yeah. Fucking Some nights. <laughs> um, 10 p.m. versus like 2 a.m., you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it's nice you. to get that cycle proper. Yeah. Um, sleep is very important. Uh, my mom always preached that. That and drinking a lot of water. <laughs> like, my mom is like the person um, that water is a remedy for everything. Oh, not feel <laughs> Drink a lot of water, yeah, okay? No doubt. A lot of water all the time. Can't poop well? Drink a lot of water right now. You're bleeding out of your, your knee right now? Drink a lot of water right now, okay? Um, so... Shouts to my mom, drink a lot of water now. So Yes, sir. That and celium, you know, got to keep those <laughs> poops straight, you know? Yeah, that's important. Shouts to my sister Erin for putting me on that. I will say she was a, a godsend. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a game changer. It's, it's been huh? nice, yeah. yeah. All right. All Don't right. have those, uh, those feels anymore. Shout out to our man, Calvin Black. He just joined us live on Instagram. You could do the same. Uh, make sure you follow us. TBP, not a game. TBP, not a game. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Our man Calvin Black has joined us on the live stream. You could do the same, like I said. And make sure you go download his music. He's the man. Uh, so yeah, do that. He, he is one of the best. We actually, yeah. we have a question from one of our listeners coming up here, Calvin, about you, sir. So uh, I might as well do it now. He's here with all us. All right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, a lot of shit going on in our country, and we decided... You know, we just want to have a good time tonight. Honestly, I needed it. I need. I just need a break. I want. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it on the pod with Jordan. So let's just. Yeah, I feel like there are definitely plenty of places in which you can get commentary on those goings on of our world right now. But I think we like to make ourselves a place that uh, we can be a place where you can get away from that. You we know? like to fuck yeah, around. We like to have a good time right now, <laughs> and by talking about those issues, it's hard to have. Uh, fun times with it because they are terrible times happening around us no um, we don't want to we don't want to be bogged down in that on this show uh we want to give not everyone else a chance not tonight. To, yeah not tonight um because it's again it's it's everywhere right now you can definitely catch it yeah um, i mean racism's in there all over the place you can smell it all <laughs> getting stuffed with it up right now <laughs> well. all right so let's get to the question uh from who is this my man johnny d he asked us how we met Calvin? We're talking about Calvin Black. How did we? How did y'all meet Calvin Black? And when will you have him back on the show? This is a great time to ask the question since Calvin joined us. Uh, we met him through our boy John, through co-host John, uh, Sunny Slim. Sunny Slim shouts. Um, he and Calvin grew up together, and so uh, Cal, uh, I was introduced to Calvin through John, through Calvin's music, and uh, play. I heard it, played it on the show, reached out to Calvin, and uh, he's been on Flipside multiple times, TBP multiple times, and became an actual friend, not just a friend of the show, uh, ever since. He's basically, he's basically TBP family. Oh yeah, he's the, he's in our Hall of Fame. Yeah, 
we don't need the fans to vote on that. He's, he's solidified. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's first ballot no automatically doubt. in there. No doubt. Um, I think my first time meeting him was at that crazy party that you all were DJing at. Uh, I think uh, it was a uh, was it a Labor Day party? Labor Day. Labor Day yeah, party. That a shit few, was legendary. A <laughs> couple years ago over at, at Parkside um, where Calvin uh, performed live. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been he's been riding with us ever since. So shouts to shouts to our man, Calvin Black. Shouts to you, Johnny D. Great question. Uh, Adam just joined the live chat. What up, Adam? Um, so, yo, uh, let's see here. Tom asked, after recording a show, do you ever feel like you guys had a bad show? Derek, <laughs> All <like> the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are definitely times where you, we definitely feel like it, was a little, it wasn't the best effort. It was a little off. Um, and then there are definitely times we felt like that was a really, it was a good show. So it's not all the time, I should say. But yeah. we're always, you know, always going to be our strongest critics, I feel, um, of ourselves and how we want to perform. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, when we have a bad show that's usually good... That's usually good, yeah. ...for the show, yeah. um, we soak in the bad. In fact... We had a thing whenever Brad would ter- tell a terrible joke, shout out Statman Brad, we would just sit in it. Yeah, we wouldn't no, move on, yeah. we would just sit there in silence and just let everyone absorb how terrible that was. And that was kind of the the move for for a while. So, yeah, I mean, we had, look, listen, we have shows where I feel felt like the energy wasn't there, we didn't bring it. But I don't feel like we put out too many shows that I'm not proud of, that I wouldn't want someone to listen to. I mean, it doesn't matter if I don't want them to or not. They didn't. You know, it's too late <laughs> right. now. You know, no use crying over spilt milk, right? Right, right, actually right. Got that one right. That's impressive. That was. Yeah, That's to me right now. I'm, I'm impressed. Whenever you get a cliche right, uh, it's it's good. Sorry if you guys can hear the dog Gucci sneezing in the background, but Gucci Luch, baby. Uh, you know, it's just the homies. She missed me. Okay, that's what the problem. She, she wants did. To be close she really to me. did. Um, Uncle Derek is is like her favorite. You know. Uh, Derek dog sat her last month, and I swear when we came to pick her up, um, she was not ready to go, which is not something normal. We, we, had, we had our moments, yeah. I mean, she slept in the bed with me. I think that was the biggest problem. The biggest that's a bonding moment right there. You Steph know? called it. She's like, yeah. Derek's gonna let her sleep in the bed. Yeah. I will say, I didn't initially wasn't the problem. I had her outside because I was <laughs> She'll like, she'll yeah. wear you down. But she got out. You know, she started barking out in the in the in the living room a little bit at the other dogs going by, and I was like, yeah, I can't have that with my neighbor. So I was like, I right, come inside, <laughs> and uh, she just like got on bed, and I was like, all right, too late now. Here we go. She's nice and comfortable though. I will say. She definitely keeps you warm. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's great. Uh, her two greatest attributes, and probably her only two, are she's really cute, and she's great at cuddling. She doesn't listen. Uh, she sucks to walk. Uh, but other than that, she's got that she's, going for her. She's, she's like gotta, a hot chick. You know, yeah. like, you'll overlook the, the, the glaring red flags that are thrown in your face because she's adorable. But unlike a hot chick, she actually has consistent poops, so... <laughs> That's uh, that's an important thing. You Do know. hot chicks? Oh, hot chicks don't poop. Yeah, because like girls no, don't point. poop. So, aka hot chicks don't poop either. So, they uh, all fall into the same category. Shout out our man Spilly J joining the chat. Uh, Will Tomasini, you know what it is. Willie T. Willie T. You could check Willie T out on Foot and Mouth with Derek. A lot Hope of shit going out on down. Monday. Next Monday with him. Next oh, yeah. next Monday, it's new pod Monday, with yeah. Willie T and Derek. That's what's up. All right. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Adam wants to party. I I love your enthusiasm right now, Adam. Can you can you read that right now on there? Because I, I have okay, I have glasses on and I'm still <laughs> having trouble right party. now. So, <laughs> <laughs> when is Adam not ready to party? That's true. Miss you, Adam. Uh, let's see. Let's go down the list here. Uh, Des three one asked if you could go to dinner with any one celebrity, who would it be, and where would you go? Are we talking alive still? I, he didn't specify, so go ahead, my friend. Okay, well, uh, Chris Hansen, obviously. Uh, <laughs> man who takes down, uh, you know, <laughs> serial predators right there. That man deserves my attention, and I need to go to have dinner with him. So he's certainly still alive, luckily. So Chris Hansen, yes. Uh, that's a good call. Yeah. I, you'd be, I'm sure the stories he has are fantastic. Um, I actually did hear him on a pod recently, and it was amazing to hear his voice yet again. Uh, the world needs him. Uh, he was the world is a safer place when he was there doing <laughs> doing true. the Lord's the dirty work. Um, That's true. I know? would love to hear an interview with him from his perspective on his job and just everything that went into that. Right, like he would have. If you didn't watch To Catch a Predator, you missed like the golden era of those type of shows, those investigative. I, Dateline was at its prime with it. With really that. was. Like, it was glorious. That was time. must yeah. see TV. Oh yeah, and then it got its own thing off of the Dateline thing. So shouts to Chris Hansen for creating that empire of uh, to catch a predator. And I believe he is on to new things right now. So um, he would definitely be a fun time to go with. So yeah, no that's doubt. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> I I definitely can't beat that. I think. Well, we're going to dinner. So who else has been to more restaurants and would have a better suggestion on where to go than Guy Fieri? Oh, that's a good one right yeah. there. Yeah, King like, of Flavortown right the there. The King of Flavortown. Know? So instead of me picking where to go, as Des asked, where would we go? I'm asking Guy. You've been everywhere. This is kind of what I'm into, you know, which is pretty much everything, right? Like, I love all types of food. So what? give me, you know, your favorite spot. Now, I feel like with me and Chris Hansen, we'd have to go to, like, McDonald's with the play place because you know I want to get in the action and maybe we catch a predator there. So like, I feel like that would be the way to do it. So I just want to have a little investigative journalist time with Chris Hansen and maybe be behind the scenes a little bit and see what it's like to catch a predator. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, Willie T is trying to join the the chat. Unfortunately, or go live with us. We don't have you hooked up to the audio, so we could hear you, but the audience who we're talking to would not be able to hear you. So I guess that's something I should probably look into. We got to work on that. Yeah, I mean it's hard when we don't have an actual producer. Again, it's just us yeah. two working it all. Again, we're not trying to make excuses, but no, I like, give you an excuse. But so I'm not making like, excuses as I give you an excuse. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> Fair enough. However, uh, we could also do an advertisement right now. If you are looking for work and would like to not get paid, but get a hangout with us, give us a call. Or don't call us because I'm not giving out my phone number here. But follow us on TBP, not a game, and message us and let us know. Because <laughs> uh, we really do need a producer. We could use one, yeah. And if you feel like you could fit our vibe, we offer you the inside world to the bar life at Chico. Yep. That will open the whole yes. oyster for you. Yeah. We will give you, let you dive all the way in, and uh, you'll become one of us. And if that sounds like a social experiment you want to go down, We'd love to be a part of it. So you did a pod with our girl Shelby last night about Shouts the girl, our Shelby. Yep. Yes, uh, Shelbs. Uh, our, 
Yeah. Okay. I, you said it kind of weird. I did. I did come out uh, the. Yeah, I came out <laughs> of the gates very weird on that one. I apologize. Shout star girl Shelbs. Yes. Um. She's got a pod coming out soon, but it was about bartending, and it was with a bunch of local bartenders. So I wanted to ask you one of the questions I think she had on there, and maybe you could share with our audience is what would you say was the best thing about bartending here in Chico? Um, apart from the blowjobs. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I will say honestly, probably the camaraderie you'd have, the connections that you make, the friendships that you you have with the people in your bar, especially as long as if you have a good crew there. That's and I've mm-hmm. had a good crew at a lot of places I've worked where you you just it's so much fun to work together. You yes. Know? Um, and that's something that's great. And also, like I said, the connection that you make with people. Uh, like I said, you get a lot of cool doors open for you. And there's certain celebrity value about it, especially here in this town of Chico, where you can skip lines at most spots. Oh, just about, if you know someone, you're getting hooked up. That's uh, for yeah. me. That that's the best part about working downtown Chico is once you work there and you've worked there long enough, you know everybody. Yeah. So you're not waiting at Crush for a drink. You're not. I, whenever I came to Bella's and you were working, my drink was basically poured, and it was awesome. You'd be slammed, and over here in the corner would be my Ferrari. And, yeah. You know. Um, There's definitely, and it feels, um, it's something very easy that can go to your head, but at the same time, it's something I feel everybody wants to experience, and we got that. Like, there's nobody in the world that doesn't want to be able to walk into a crowded bar serve over everybody or be able to <laughs> yes. see the line and say i don't have to wait in that line i go straight through the door i see every person all the door guys and i dap them all up you know and that's something that's uh definitely great exactly um <laughs> no, that's it's just a good point uh it is it is a real cocky move um but it feels excellent i was i was having a conversation with uh one of the owners of b street one of the bar owners here my man adam and we were joking around and he said he said to me he's you know with with the radio and stuff do you want to get famous i was like no however i do want to reach a certain level of fame and my this is my my level of fame i want to be at i want to be able to get into anywhere i want to get and immediately be served and get the best service and know I'm going to get taken care of, <clears throat> but no one gives a fuck that I'm there, right? Like no one's ooh annoying. Like it's not that big of a deal because I'm that low level of a celebrity. And he goes, bro, you bartend and DJ and Chico, you already reached that goal. <laughs> and I thought about it. I was like, you're right. Touche right there, man. Yeah, you got me. You got I'm me. I'm the dream, there. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows who you are, but they instantaneously want to know who you are. Though. That's the good, the cool thing about it. Because when you get that thing, there are people that literally will look at you like, that is who true. are you? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, just, how you know, do you have yeah. cash here? How yeah. do you have pool here? What have you done? Whose yeah. dick are you sucking? Well, you know? that's, that's been a really tough part about COVID is when we go out now, you know, it's reduced numbers and all this. But so many of our friends and the people, you know, we hung out with that worked in the industry have moved on to greener pastures or, yeah. you know, um, with all that time off and, and restaurants and bars being closed, people had to make a living. So a lot of people dipped out. So, but we still get hooked up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We still have our ways. I mean, we schmooze. We schmooze with the best of them. We do. We yeah. do. I mean, I allow you to smooge and I just smooge along with. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, we're in already. Yeah, we're, we're good. We uh, go. Zradar asks, how will you remember DMX? Mm. X going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, um, I honestly, I, this was, I feel like he was a tough one because I feel like he was one of the first rappers that really blended 
the black and the white, you know? Like, he was kind of one of those first crossovers did a thing with Limp Biscuit and whatnot, you know? Mm, that's a good and, point. And someone that really was, he was one of the first to do that. And he had a pull with not just in the black community with his rap, but he also had a pull in the white community, too. Like, that shit was, his DMX, his Rough Riders was everywhere, you yeah. know? That's, I mean, look at the the footage of DMX at Woodstock. I mean, that's a, that's a classic image I have of him, yeah. you know? And that no matter what, like, that's something that for sure is always ingrained because of that, just the mass of people that was there, and it's him, and he's controlling it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I, for me, I would say DMX was the first... Uh, that was the first concert I ever went to. Really? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was DMX, Onyx. I'm pretty sure Ja Rule was there, uh, and Jay Z. And DMX was the headliner. There you uh, go. Yeah. See, oh, yeah. and Method Man and Red Man. Duh. Wow. Okay, that's a hell of a lineup. Right lineup. And it, a, it was in a, a dirty little club in New York, and it was like a Def Jam promo thing uh, that my cousin had a hookup on. I was 13 years old. I was not supposed to be in there. And hell no. Yeah. He just got, he got me in and yeah, that was, uh, and it was probably 200, 250 people in there. And, uh, that it was, it was a wrap, you know? And so pun intended. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's for me, you know, it was uh, transformative for me. You know, I do a hip hop show, now at 36 years old because of a love of, of the music that was developed at a young age. And being that DMX was my first concert, that was a big deal. Oh, our man Sonny Slim, we were just talking about him, joins the chat. What up, John? Uh, all right, let's uh, RIP DMX for show. Uh, Alex Alice asked, what is your favorite thing about living in Chico? What is your least favorite thing about living in Chico? Um, do you want to feel? Dude, I love the park, man. Yeah, the park. The park awesome. for me is. Uh, I honestly, I I go on a bike ride. Not I, I used to be on a daily basis for a very long time. Now it's probably about I go like twice a week or so at least now, and I'm always riding through the park, and it's just something that I want to take advantage of as much as I possibly yes. can, and it's just. It's so cool to have something like that just, you know, like honestly, less than a mile away from my house. And then I can just get it, you know, it's a beautiful little sanctuary. It's always going to be just an enjoyable ride no matter what. And then you get the the upper park and it's just like, oh my goodness, your possibilities are endless out there, you know? So there's so much to do. And that's something for me that I I love uh, so much about Chico. Um, That's always, I wanted, like I said, I want to do that as much as possibly can. Yeah, what's your least favorite? Um, it's kind of a catch twenty two because I love how small it is, but I also hate how small yes, it is. Yes, I think a lot of people yeah. would say uh, Chico's awesome because you know everybody that there is to know, but also everybody knows you. Yes, so and you just can't get away from it all. You yeah. know, like no matter where you go, you're always gonna see something, and it's just hard to. Yeah, and if you yeah. live here for a while, the dating scene, fucking forget about it, because anywhere you go and you go with someone who's been around here for a while, people are gonna know who that person is, or someone's gonna know you, and there's a real. Strong possibility, no matter where you go, there's someone that either works there or is in the building that there's been some, you've had some relationship, you know, some type of connection with. We're place. only a couple of degrees of bacon away from everybody here in this town. Yeah, know? everyone fucks everyone. Yeah. So, you know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, there is that factor. Um, yeah, the park's undeniable. Just how, I would say my favorite thing. I guess I would say the people, you know, obviously the outdoors and all that is awesome. But yeah, the people here are pretty fucking laid back and chill. The community is just, it's a really cool community 
to be a part of. And once you're like in it, you know everyone. I will say the problem with it being chill community is I hate how they drive though. Chill community drivers are the worst. So because um, they, they don't they don't like really care where they're going. They don't so exactly slow. follow the exact rules. It's like oh we'll get there. And I don't have to make yeah, my I don't have to use I'm my turn you. signal. And uh, it is kind of funny. I used to have uh, we had a friend that she got really mad at me one time when I went to make a right turn and I went into the bicycle lane to make the right turn when you, the bike lane was broken. And she's like, what are you doing? You can't do that. I was like, why do you think this white line is broken right now? It's so you can cross over. Yeah. Like solid white lines, you can't cross over. Right. Broken white line, you can, and you're supposed to. Right. It's in the, you know, the handbook. And I was, she was like, what are you talking about? And like, still to this day, I had so many people that will not do that. And I'm just like, come on, y'all. Like, you're just slowing down the process. Yeah, like, when people won't turn left on a one-way, it's like, bro, you can absolutely turn left. Yes, here. right I now. Yes. hate that. At, at, a, at, a, at a red light, it's like yeah. it, it's like a right turn, but it's just a left turn. Yeah, but, but it's a one-way. Yes. And they're like, nope, not going. Uh, I would say the worst part, this is easy, or the least, my least favorite part, easy. The airport's a fucking uh, hour and a half say, away. Yes, that was my other one I was going to add on It's there. fucking yeah. miserable. Oh it's so stupid. So, Derek, when you fly home, you literally have to drive. You're in the car longer than you are in, on the yes, airplane. Yes, yes. It's so fucking My, my flight is about a 50-minute flight. My drive down is an hour and a half. Yeah, we flew out to Phoenix the other week, and it was an hour and a half to fly there, and it was an hour and a half drive. It's so stupid. And it's something that I always... I don't like as... I try not to ask people to take me. Like... I've taken many flights and many times I just I, I drive myself there and I will just pay the parking because I feel guilty one asking someone to take me to the airport period no matter how far the yeah. distance is and then you add on the fact that it's three hours of that person's day right there right. it's just like I, it sucks ass so yeah, and terrible. then you could pay the 60 bucks you could one way to go with the shuttle up here it's like God that takes no. like four hours. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And you have Johnny B. Good who just wants to talk your ear off the oh, entire time, man. and you're just like, brother, I've got headphones in. Do you not pick up what I'm putting down right now? Nope. He's just trying. He's trying to talk. Well, I mean, I get it. He's bored out of his mind. He has to drive a car like, you know, three hours, <laughs> back and forth. So. <laughs> um. All right. Casey asks, if you go back in time and change one decision, what would it be? That's a wow. good one, Casey. Wow. It's like, do I go serious or do I go like, stop your parents from fucking so you wouldn't be born, Casey? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I'm pretty okay with how my life turned out. Oh, I know. I would have never stopped selling sneakers. I had that hustle down pat. I don't know. I stopped to impress my girlfriend at the time and be like, I'm going to go get a real job like everyone else. I'm going to go wear a suit and tie. Fucking idiot. Um, I thought I didn't realize you were doing like personal history. I thought we were just doing history throughout time right now. But, oh, maybe we yeah. are. I took it as personal. <laughs> yeah, I guess personal history is a little bit more interesting. Uh, you know, overall history, there's a lot of things that you could change. I was going to say, yeah. when you said, oh, they, I think it turned out pretty good. I was like, did it turn out pretty good yeah. right now? No. I, I, I was like, I feel like there's a couple <laughs> of things that, granted, it's more than just one decision you can make for the, anything to like not happen. You know, like, oh, I could prevent Hitler from happening. But I was like, someone else would have come along. But, you know. Yeah. I guess, like, for I'm trying to think of something personally in my life that. If you don't have any. Yeah. I mean, I always try to say, like, you know, things happen for you in a certain way. No point in regretting things, you know. Yeah. I agree with that. But, yeah, I do regret not continuing to sell sneakers 
I will say I've done some really stupid things with some pretty cool girls before in the past that I probably uh, think I probably would have changed. Yeah, I've shot myself many times in the foot when um, if I didn't, who knows? Who knows? I might have been a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there are some things I regret in life. Okay. Uh, Alicia Jade asks, what's the worst job you've ever had? Ooh, um, I had to sell newspapers. Now, I wouldn't say it was the worst. It was actually a very learnable. It was a great experience job, but oh my goodness, was it just rough at times. Um, and slinging newspapers over the phone. You're a telemarketer, but you're like not. You actually have something kind of worth selling to a certain degree, and you sold it. I sold it. I, you know, I actually made two and a half years. I made money off of it, keeping it myself afloat up here yeah. in Chico. Um, that one was pretty, pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, good environment though. Wouldn't be, that made up for the job, the suckiness of the job made up for it with a good work environment and fun coworkers. Yeah. So got you. All right. Uh, you don't have a worse job at all. You're not going to throw your oh, Red Lobster bad. story or anything like that. Oh, yeah, or, Red or, Lobster, easy. Yeah. Red Lobster sucked. Uh, no disrespect to uh, to Endless Shrimp, the king of Endless Shrimp, but uh, yeah, working at Red Lobster in Sacramento was tough times. <laughs> tough uh, times. I feel like yeah, any corporate place just seems rough. Yeah, no. I'm glad I haven't had to experience that. No, it was not. Um, it was not a great time. I mean, life. I did work at Bank of America. For, I take it back. Wow, I forgot about that period of my life where I'd be a debt collector for Bank of America. <laughs> okay. I take it back. I reverse it all. That was a terrible job right there. <laughs> that was rough. Having to tell people, hey, pay me money or we're taking your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, those are legit. Just I deliver mean, bad I wasn't, news yeah. all day long. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, that was the job where I've been called uh, the most horrendous things in my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm I sure. mean, yeah. Yeah, it's... That's rough. Yeah, no. I, you got, I got very jaded. There you go. Another reason why I'm such a jaded person right now. You just kind of <laughs> learn to, like, take it. You just turn it off like, oh, <laughs> assholes. Just separate from yeah. it entirely. Uh, K-Day asks, if every job paid the exact same, what would you do for a career? Uh, Masturbate all day long. <laughs> um, if every job paid the exact same, I would sell drugs so I could make more money than everyone. <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, that doesn't that defeats the whole purpose of the question. Gosh, Gooch, I get yeah, it. You chill love out, me, Gucci, wow. Jesus. You're just all up in my business right oh now. Oh my god. Um, I mean, that would be like, what would be your dream job essentially? I guess just no do this. What, this yeah. would be a lot of fun. I mean, for me, I think like being a PA announcer at any like live sporting yeah, event would be that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, a PA announcer at like you know yeah the, like and Staples Center or Dodger Stadium. I think Dodger Stadium would be my dream if they let you just be you. Too, yeah, that would be cool. and just let the, let me have the mic and just like here we go. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, that would be a pretty cool job. Uh, let's see. Des three one asks, "Are y'all gonna do the pod with everyone again, or is it gonna be smaller pods from now on?" Uh, yeah, it's just a scheduling thing, bro. Um, Jordan now lives in Reading. John now lives in San Francisco, and Brad works uh the worst hours possible. He works from basically one or two in the afternoon to midnight. So how do you work around that schedule? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have no idea how you work around that schedule. So we'll definitely, you know, try and get some weekend pods in when we have some of the boys in town and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be smaller pods until we can have more folks with more availability. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough out there when um, we all have other lives, you know, things that we got to 
Yeah, we all gotta make money. We gotta keep afloat, you know. We're staying afloat up here, too. Yeah, but if you want us to do this more often, what you can do is tell everyone you know to go download this pod. And they don't have to listen. But we need the numbers so we can sell out. <laughs> I guess that's a Yeah, we're just putting a big sign right now. We're yeah, we are out. for sell. Yeah, yeah we're, we're Make sellouts. no doubt about it. Willing to be sellouts. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are whores. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I mean... You know, a wise man once said, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. And we've been doing it for free for a long time, so we're not that wise. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, There you go. Uh, speaking of easy money, do you want to tell the folks about oh, the yes. Joe West story? All right. This is easy money right here. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Joe West, uh, a name that you know because he's a umpire. God, I hate the fact that we know umpires. One of the reasons I want to talk about this is I get to talk about how my hatred of referees, umpires, <laughs> all of the above, the fact that they are stars is just, for me, preposterous. The fact that we know Joe West and people like want to get with Joe West and get his autograph is yeah, beyond ridiculous. me. It makes no sense. Um, so, But Joe West had himself a good day in court recently <laughs> where Paul LaDuca, former catcher for the Dodgers, was with the Phillies at one point in time. I think he was with the Mets at one point in time, too. But he tells a story, a very interesting story about Joe West, where... Laduca behind the plate with the situation on the line. Billy Wagner comes in for the Phillies to close out the game. Now, he has a meeting with Billy Wagner before the inning gets going. And Billy Wagner essentially tells Laduca to just set up inside. I'll throw it there. Joe loves me. And he's like, what are you talking about? Laduca's like, no, what are you talking about? Joe hates me. He hasn't been giving me any of these calls. You can't do this. He's like, no, no, trust me. Set up inside. I'll get it there. Joe loves me. Sure enough. Laduca sets up inside, 10 pitches, three strikeouts, game's over. Now, Laduca says that his glove was three to four inches out of the strike zone very easily, and he just got it. The reason why Billy Wagner says is because Joe loves him is because whenever Joe's in town, he loves retro cars, so he lets him drive his old school Chevy Chevelle. Which, which badass is a car. badass Badass car. car. So I'm um, saying someone gives you that, I might give you a little three to four inches right there, yeah, you know? Like, yeah, shit, yeah. shit. I might give you more than that, dude. Give me that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but so that's a big, big kind of flag right there against Joe West right. in terms of this guy is essentially being bought for yeah. uh, by a Chevy Chevelle, which uh, hey, I, I guess, you know, people have, le- have had less selling points. The only problem is, though, there is no instance of which Billy Wagner was pitching, Paul LaDuca was catching, and Joe West was behind the plate. So, hmm. an incredibly false story that couldn't have happened. Because lovely, but that, look, one thing you love about baseball is they keep records of everything. Yeah. Like, everything is tracked. Who's, who's on third? What's on second? Don't know's on third. I said it twice. I totally fucked it up. You Damn did. it. Yeah. I had a great... You, that was a great fucking joke I yeah, had going, and I totally really... just... I dropped the ball. Damn it. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> With that being said, that type of defamation isn't allowed here in America. We still have some standards that we try to uphold. Mm-hmm. And when Luduka said this on a podcast, it instantaneously uh, brought a big eye to Joe West. And when it was verified that it never happened, went to court, and Joe West got himself $500,000 in money. damages from uh, good old Paul Luduka. So, um,. Don't make up falsalities, I guess, and like 
put him on a podcast. Yeah. Unless you say allegedly, just say allegedly. You yeah. know, dropping it allegedly, you're good. To, you can say anything you want right now. You know. Yep. yep. So allegedly, Joe West sucks dick for money. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, dropping allegedly gives you free reign to say whatever. <laughs> yes. Basically. Um. So. <laughs> Joe West coming after me. We're all my money right now. Oh, Here's my fifteen hundred dollars, Joe West. Take it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all you, dude. So yeah, good uh, old Joe West. Again, the fact that we know Joe West is just—I hate that. I just—I never want to know who Joe West ever was, ever will be, what he does in his life. But we do all um, because we just we for some reason give these referees celebrity status. Do you know, do you know they make like over two hundred thousand dollars a year after being? Like a Hall of Fame ump gets like two hundred thousand dollars a year afterwards. No, no, just from like speaking engagements, doing meets and greets, what? signing autographs. I know, right? <laughs> Who like, knows? Being on your knees, calling balls would have been <laughs> so lucrative. It's like getting the autograph of your high school principal. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what joy, joy do you have? Yo, this gray, this blue shirt is signed by Joe. This blue polo signed by Joe West. It's worth so much money now. It's like framed in his sports hall of fame, his memorabilia in his man cave. Check out my yearbook signed by Vice Principal Zamora. <laughs> Oh. oh man, I got the dean to sign mine. You know? uh, oh so, yeah, there oh, you go. Shit. Okay, yeah. Well, I got the district, uh, the <laughs> superintendent of the entire district to sign mine. So top that. Oh man. <laughs> so Joe West, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, tell the folks about this Masters story you're telling me off air because this was fucking awesome. So we had the Masters this past weekend. We all obviously know that. Shouts to Hideki Matsuyama giving Japan their first green jacket, but. I heard a really interesting master story from uh, the foreplay pod uh, from the Barstool puts out where they were saying that on um, multiple sources had had instances where they've gotten a hole in one while playing Augusta. They were invited over, got a hole in one. And usually a lot of places say, hey, we'll give you something special. You get the flag stick or something like that from that hole. Augusta said, hey, we'll give you something for this moment. Uh, so they're like, oh, sure, that sounds fantastic. So the, a couple months go by, nothing's happened for them. A few months later, they get a package, in the, a package in the mail, and it's a painting of the hole they got a hole in one, like an actual painting from like Augusta, and it's like gorgeous and whatnot. But the only ca- caveat is, if you want to keep the painting, you have to pay fifty thousand dollars to Augusta for this painting. Which seems that crazy. seems hogwash, right? Like yeah. I just got a hole in one. Now you want me to pay fifty thousand dollars for this? But the ter- the story turns as some of the guys realize this is such a big moment for them. I think for anyone who loves golf, who has the ability to ever go play Augusta, that would be in the echelon of every golfer. That's probably the yeah. hierarchy, the, the pinnacle. That's the Mount Everest every golfer. You can't hit a hole in one and at a better course. No, you cannot. I mean, Pebble Beats can suck a dick at this point in time. You know, you don't care if you have the beaches behind you. If you're at a gust and you get a hole in one and you're just an a, a average player, your regular golfer, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So these guys, like, you know what? Fuck it. I got to do it. This is such a big moment. They give the $50,000 to Augusta for these paintings. So Augusta, realizing that they actually truly love Augusta and what it was, offers them full membership to Augusta. That's awesome. And... That right there is like, that's so cool. 
That is really a little test awesome. that they give you right now. Are you worthy of being at Augusta right yeah. now? They're they're sneaky bastards the way they do it. They're pretentious fucks, but I love it too. I do like, too. The way they, they because they are so perfect with it. Like everything is just so pristine. Like it's no way I can't hate on it, but I have to hate on it because it is just so pretentious. But I love the way they do it. Yeah, Augusta's like that super rich dude who like he'll let you see the money. You can hang out. Yeah. You know, he'll let you near it, but, like, you don't get a hold of it. No, 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 no. But, like, he's going to treat you real nice, and you get to drink all the nice, you know, bourbons and you can't single Scrooge malt Mc- scotches he has. You cannot Scrooge McDuck into my money, but you can. You're not but you can. The, the you, can, of money. you can walk all the way around and see how much I've got, and you can have everything in my pantry as yours, Yeah, you know? and you can hang out for the yeah. day, but then you have to go yeah. home, yeah. and I'm still going to be filthy rich. rich. Yes. That is what Augusta is. Uh, <laughs> and the thing that's cool about them is, like, if you a lot of things that went viral were the prices that they have of everything there, so, like... Like they're all their sandwiches like a buck fifty. Nothing's yeah. over three dollars there. Yeah. Which is like, all right, there you go. All right. They're not trying to make money off of this. They're just like, yo, this is a gusto. Well, tickets to go aren't yeah, that's exactly inexpensive. And, and they pretty much like CBS makes no money off of their broadcasting of Augusta because pretty much Augusta requires that you pretty much have no commercials in there whatsoever. Yep. yep. And they're said you take it or leave and it. And you like can't it, put your logo. You can't no. You can't so the CBS eye is not It's only on the jackets that I think they're wearing. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, what's his name? Sir Nick Faldo and uh, Jim Nance are rocking. Yeah, yeah. It's the only time you think you'll maybe see it. But yeah, the Masters is just like, no, it's our tournament. This yeah. is how we do it. Bend the knee. And everyone's like, all right, we bend the knee. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's the a, Masters. It's a made, they are big leaguing people all day. All day long, day. man. Dude, good for okay. them, honestly. Well, hey. I'm I, not mad at rich people for having money or acting rich. I never will be. You know, get your money. And if you got it and you can, because I think that's kind of a cool thing. Like, again, you could see the money. You could hang out here, but you're not, you're not me. I mean, you're you want to make it special. And they yeah. have. You have to make it special. You have to make it elusive. You have to make it uh, selective. You have to, you cannot. Be everyone involved. No, the only select few can get here, and this is how it is, you know? Yeah, so to that point, I would actually be okay spending these exorbitant prices or uh, an exorbitant amount on these ticket prices if when I got in the stadium, it was normal fucking price thing. Right, yes. If I could go get a beer for 4 or $5, cool. I'll pay 100 bucks a ticket. Let me tell you, I was watching the Warriors the other night, and I realized, oh, this next, is it, it might be tomorrow or maybe next Friday. I can't remember. But they're opening Chase Center to a limited number of fans. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I got a bonus coming from work. Like, this would be something really cool to go do. You know, take my girl, hit up my boy, uh, Font in the Bay, and like, let's go, let's go catch a game. And I understand, limited capacity, brand new stadium, so shit was a little... A little pricey, and when I say a little pricey, the cheapest tickets I found in the upper deck. I'm saying four fifty, seven hundred dollars. Fuck me sideways. They were four fifty, and then they were gone like that. And My I mean, as I'm yeah. watching them, I'm just watching them disappear. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's the yeah. Bay. Y'all just spent a two billion dollars for a fucking arena. But Everyone's like, itching to get back into live sporting events. One hundred percent. I get that, but that's. I mean, you take the actual fans out of it the your actual fans and the people that actually spend the most money on jerseys and tickets and all these things are 
working class folks. Yeah, you yeah. know, they just love stiffing those people. Yeah, we really do and love doing dick down to the to the working class people. The people are just barely making it by. Yep. you know, like hey, and the people that support the most. You yeah, know? they're the ones that they love it the most. Yeah, you know? I they know. Have the most invested into it. There was a point uh, where more than eighty percent of the crowd that uh, went to Warriors games, I think it was even ninety percent, were either from the East Bay. Or north of Vacaville, so driving down from Sac, Roseville, all that part. And what did the team do? They still moved the, the team across the bridge to richer, more glamorous San Francisco. And I've always hated that, and it just it still bothers me. And now you... Now y'all took a bath with COVID after opening a $2 billion stadium, so you're just going to gouge your audience? Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous, but... It is what it is. It is it, it's the world we live in. Uh, yeah. You know, the rich get richer and uh, we just keep paying that bill. But when I make, you know, there you go. $20 billion and I buy a franchise for, and, you know, it's ran by TBP, so it's ran very poorly. People you don't best believe I'm taking advantage of that middle class again. You know, no, 100%. 100%. I'm getting my money, yo. But here's the deal I'm going to gouge the <laughs> fuck out of you on entrance. But once you get in, everything's going to be reasonable. I think it'd be kind of cool if it, you would be able to do that, you know? Like, I mean, I know, like, fi- you know, businessly speaking, it's not financially viable to try to do that. But, like, there's got to be someone who can sacrifice a little bit, you know? Yeah, back in the day, the Giants were, uh, it was reasonable tickets. And, and, and I understand why they don't do this anymore. You used to bring it, be able to bring in beer. Mm, wow. Yeah, when you would check in, you open your bag. If you have, you know, 12-pack, 18-pack, whatever, they're just like, Keep it pushing. They're worried about weapons. Yeah, right. It Not your beer. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, for a long time, you honestly, at Dodger Stadium, you couldn't bring in anything. And they finally allow you to bring in your own peanuts, which I'm like, thank you. I yeah. don't want to have to pay like $12 for the bag of peanuts that I could get for three ninety nine yeah. at the gas station. Now, 18 beers at a Giants game uh, costs approximately $1,300. I mean, it is ridiculous when you go there. I mean, because you got to get a two-for-one deal. when you order, If you're going to get beers, you got to get at least two. You don't want to, you know, you're, yeah, you don't you're in front keep, of the line. Yeah, you don't want to go yeah, back there. So, yeah. yeah, I usually get a Modelo and then a Modelo Negro, too. Like, that's usually my go-to. There you go. You well, know, I got to get one of each, yeah, and I no. usually prefer to get a bag of peanuts and a dog. There you go. And right then and there, all my money's 60 gone. 60 bucks. That's, yep, <laughs> just for me and me, myself, and I. Yep, yep. Yep. And that's just one go. Uh, we got to get to a Giants game yeah. soon, man. Hundred percent. Unfortunately, though, now you have to you have to be vaccinated to go there, or have like a recently posit- uh, negative test or whatever. You do, yeah. Which I'm not gonna lie. I I don't know. I'm I'm part of me is like, you know, that's a little, little. I don't know. A little invasive. Yeah, a little. I mean, again, it's a private business or whatever, but. I mean, it's outside, and you have to sit with yeah. your pod. You know what I mean? In moving around the stadium, you have to wear your mask. Yeah. So like. I don't know. California's down to 1.5% uh, infection rate, apparently, which is the lowest in the nation. And it's because, surprise, we all had it. <laughs> Cha-ching, baby. <laughs> the entire We were the first to get COVID. it, man. Yeah. yeah. So, Why? Because we're the closest to China, y'all. Well, actually, New York had a way bigger problem with it at first than we did. But, oh, yeah, because we had it before New York. That's the thing. Yeah, we, we started it. Yeah, we started it. Yeah, we're, we're first. number one. Yeah. West Coast, best coast. <laughs> no doubt. Speaking of the West Coast... We as California residents, born and bred, like to enjoy our recreational right to smoke weed. New Jersey just joined us in that process. And so did New York. Did you hear about the laws in New York? They're Uh, awesome. Are they? Three ounces on your person, 
Anywhere cigarettes are allowed to be smoked, weed is allowed to be smoked. Dope. You can have five pounds in your house. Wow. Yeah. And the most important one to me, cops can no longer search your person or your vehicle based on suspicion of weed. About time. I mean, I've been hearing uh, rumblings that they're trying to stop the federal ban on marijuana, which about fucking time. We're only I mean, 40 years yeah, past. Yeah. Too, <laughs> I mean, it's just they their fear of hemp and what it would do for for the industry yes, yeah. always what stopped it but that's another podcast that's other conspiracies um but we should do a weed only podcast a weed only podcast yeah <laughs> a hemp version of it just tell i mean we, we're high on every episode but we should you know just embrace it even more yeah, yeah just dive all the way in but as i was saying it's time ladies and gentlemen we do this every week on the pod to participate with us if you got it and if you got it pack it up Twist it up while we roll one up and enjoy. So I got a, a solid story. This is, I mean, you read the title, the Taiwan News. Alcoholic monkey gets life sentence in India after attacking 250 pedestrians. That's right. Woo! So... <clears throat> a six-year-old pet monkey named Kalua was, like I said, a pet monkey at one point in time. For three years, had its owner, and that owner would give it alcohol to calm it down or to give it over its nerves. And because it drank alcohol so much over a three-year three year period of time, became an alcoholic monkey. The owner died, and the monkey went to go live in a veterinarian place, but they couldn't really keep that monkey stable. The monkey still wanted his booze. So... He's scratching every single way in which to find the booze. They can't keep him locked up because you just feed him for it. Like straight up, this monkey just wants to drink. A drunk monkey does sound like a good time, though. But they're very vicious, though. You have to realize monkeys have incredible strength. They're quite knowledgeable. And, like I said, he started attacking local pedestrians, harming them, scratching them up, just pretty much causing mayhem. A drunk monkey. So, uh, that's what India does to drunk monkeys. They put them to life in prison. Um, good luck, though. I, I feel like, you know, just give the monkey some booze every day, you know? Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, what, it doesn't say what booze it drinks. I wonder if it has, like, a taste in booze. Like, the monkey's like, you know what? Nah, that's not like a beer. Like, you give the monkey gin and it's it's like, like no, slaps it out of your stop. hand. I need whiskey. Yeah. Bourbon. Uh, what if it's like, like straight a, vodka. It's a bougie, bougie monkey and it only drinks, like, fucking dirty uh, Grey Goose martinis or some shit. <laughs> not dirty enough for me right now. No, he's just very particular about it right now. He's, like, smelling it or whatever. He's like, this is not my beer of choice right now. No, I don't, I don't want it. Like, I wonder if you, yeah, just indiscriminately drink alcohol. Like, if it's got alcohol, go yeah, for it. Or it's I'm, like, no. I'm curious. I, I want to know, know more about yeah. this monkey. All right, ethics aside, right? Let's say, let's say animals loved living with people and you could have any exotic animal as a pet and it's totally domesticated it's like gucci right now it's a dog it'll lay at your feet all those things it'll never viciously attack you or whatever what okay. would you have uh a black panther yeah a panther would be dope yeah like i've always won i always loved black panthers in general it's such a cool animal um they're gorgeous and just the power of the ferocity behind yeah. it i think it'd be cool like it's not my favorite animal though but like my a hippo was my favorite animal but i feel like a hippo wouldn't be like 
they're just kind of badass because they don't they are so dangerous you know but if i could have yeah. a dangerous animal they go i think i'm going to go polar opposite pun intended and get a polar bear polar bear yeah. <laughs> i like it they're okay. huge. huge yeah uh, they like to swim i like to swim and it would just be cool because i could ride around on it too you know be like all right we're gonna go to the liquor store right now let me just hop on the polar bear take a little cruise that I might you think give me a lot of more ideas. I'm now thinking maybe I want a bison or something like a bison would be dope. <laughs> a buffalo, would be buffalo cool. or a rhino. A rhino might man. be a winner. Well, I think the rhino might be. I, it, I yeah. think the, the rhino. That is like a winner. grizzly bear. Now you get, you think of gotta think of large animals, but yeah, I think a rhino. I think a rhino is a winner rhino because be dope. because people own grizzly bears. People own. Panthers, but a rhino. But a fucking <laughs> rhino. Would be sick. Dude, all right. And man. again, it's domesticated. You could hop on it like yeah. a horse. Walk, like, you know. Imagine pulling up on to like a bar with your rhino. rhino, and you just fucking like tie his little you know, tie him up like you do a horse. And yeah. Go in, go into the saloon, get some drinks, and bounce on your rhino. You know how many bitches you'd pull <laughs> on a rhino, man? <laughs> Shit. And I didn't mean bitches in a derogatory <laughs> way. Okay, I think I have to say that these days. Yeah, I feel like now. Yeah, that I was mean. that was rude. I meant it in a funny way, but you'd get mad bitches. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, there you go, Rhino. I think yeah, I think that that's Rhino the Rhino and polar sure. bear. Yeah, Imagine yeah. us rolling up on, with those two animals on the backs of them. Oh my god, that'd mad be so bitches, bad. Mad bitches. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been fun. It's been real. We <coughs> 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 too strong. <laughs> <coughs> Welcome aboard, New Jersey. <laughs> uh, <coughs> shout out to New York. Uh, peace. Game over, man. It's game over.